coming up anything that you can feel see touch smell all of that it ain't got it ain't got you see you say well well i i know that okay well then don't treat it like it's got okay and what do you mean robert well you, i mean this, this is what i mean i mean if it's not god then don't let it tell you what to do don't let it control your actions. Don't let it control your emotions. Don't let it control your thinking. Hey Amen. That sounds pretty clear to me. <laughs> and don't spend more time with it, touching it, thinking about it than you do about the real true God who's not material. And so there are many things that becomes our God, that can become our God if we don't understand that God is spirit. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. There are some things about God that every believer should always keep in mind. First of all, God is, was, and always will be. Join us for the message series, God Is, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn walk through some of the qualities of God that we can confidently put our trust in. Here's the ninth message in the series, The Spirituality of God, Part 1. And uh, we're going to continue on this series that we've been talking about. I don't know about you, I've been saying this for several of the weeks, that this series has been a blessing to me. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Um, and we've just been simply talking about God is. God is, is the title of the series. And today uh, will be our ninth message in the series. Thus far, we talked about the transcendence of God. We've talked about the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the immutability of God, the omni omnipotence of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, and the eternality of God. And today our subtopic is the spirituality of God. And so on your outline, write this down. What is the definition of spiritual? What is the definition of spiritual? Um, Dictionary.com, it says to us in the first two definitions, it says of relating to or consisting of spirit and corporal. The second definition of relating of or relating to the spirit or soul as distinguished from physical nature. So spirit, spirit is, and being spiritual, is the non-material side of us, of things or of anything. It's, it, it, it's not material. And several places the Bible talks about uh, things that are not material as being invisible. And so as we talk about the spirituality of, of God, we got to understand that God is not material. In fact, the scripture tells us in John 4, 24, quite simply, it tells us, it says, for God is spirit, for God is spirit. And it's important that we know that. And we're going to share some reasons why very shortly here. But God is spirit. God is not material. This fact plays into the other messages we've had in the series. As we talk about God's goodness, we talk about his transcendence, his holiness, his immutability, his omnipresence, his omnipotence, his omniscience, 
the fact that he's spiritual aligns with those other qualities of his. Um, the fact that he's omnipresent, that he transcends time and space aligns with the fact that he's not material. And it's important that we understand that about our God. And so we ought not to look at God in that way. And I know you've read in the scripture it, it, on several, on many places, it talks about the eyes of God, the ears of God, the mouth of God, the hands of God, the feet of God, the mind of God, the arms of God, the finger of God. All of these come up in scripture, but those are for us because we're trying, God has used material people like you and I to help us understand his spiritual nature, his spiritual qualities. And the only way that we can understand that is to put those labels on it, to give it a, a to personify it from our perspective and say, and so when we say, when we're trying to say that God sees, we say God's looking, God has eyes. When we want to say God hears, and we want to say he has ears, and when he want to say he smells, we want to say he has a nose, and when we want to say he speaks, we want to talk about his mouth. But the reality is, God has none of that. But that doesn't mean he doesn't talk. It doesn't right. mean he doesn't see. It doesn't mean he doesn't hear. It doesn't mean he doesn't touch. He still does all those things. In fact, the only reason that we can see as his creatures being made in his image and likeness is because he sees. You mean to tell me that we can see and our creator can't? That can't be the case. <laughs> if we can see, we have to know that the one who made us must be able to see. Man. <laughs> we can hear, we have to know that the one who created us must be able to hear. If we can feel, if we can touch, if we can speak, then we must be able to understand that the one who created us is able to do all of those things or else we wouldn't be able to do it. But the Bible's very clear that God is spirit. Man. God is spirit. And I'm going to share several reasons why that's important to us, very practical reasons too, um, and why we need to see God that way in addition to what I've already shared already. So on your outline, write this down. Some reasons we need to know and understand that God is spirit. Some reasons we need to know and understand this. I use this point in, in our one of our other messages when we talked about needing to know and understand that God is omnipresent. And it's in line with that. And I'm going to tell you again, like I told you earlier in the series, See, you can know something because somebody tells you about it. So you know, but that's not enough. We need to also understand and we gain understanding when we have experience with something. When you experience something, you guys know your understanding goes to another level, right? And so somebody can tell you how to ride a bike. You know, they can talk to you about it. But until you get on a bike for the first time, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. You know, you, after a few uh, knee scrapes, you know, and hopefully no broken bones and, and no uh, dented cars and all that stuff, uh, you, you, you start to understand. <laughs> and then you're able to ride a bike without the training wheels 
and balance yourself. So people can tell you, but when you experience it, you know, and the same thing about all these, these characteristics of God that we've been talking about, when we experience God's holiness, when we experience his goodness, his immutability and omnipresence and so forth, we begin to understand it even deeper, even deeper. Amen. So we, I want to give you some reasons we got to know and understand that God is spirit. The first reason is this. So we won't relate to material things like they are God. <laughs> All right. Okay. You, you, we got to know God is spirit. So when we see a material thing and it's beautiful, it's tasty, it smells good, tastes good, looks good, feels good that we won't begin to act like that thing is God, <laughs> okay? So you can know right away, if I can see it, feel it, or touch it, that ain't God, because God is spirit, right? Look what it says here in Isaiah 45, 5. It says, I am the Lord. There is no other God. I am the only God. I am the only God. There's no other one. So you know right now, if you if, if since you we're talking about in the scriptures telling us that God is spirit, any material thing, anything that you can feel, see, touch, smell, all of that, it ain't God. It ain't God. You say, you say well, well, I, I know that. Okay, well then don't treat it like it's God. Okay. And what do you mean, Robert? Well, you I mean this, this is what I mean. I mean, if it's not God, then don't let it tell you what to do. Don't let it control your actions. Don't let it control your emotions. Don't let it control your thinking. Amen. That sounds pretty clear to me. <laughs> and don't spend more time with it, touching it, thinking about it than you do about the real true God who's not material. And so there are many things that becomes our God, that can become our God if we don't understand that God is spirit. Amen. Amen. You heard me say lots of times that in the midst of something, when we're in something, I go, uh-uh, this, this ain't of God. This ain't of God. This is a lot of confusion here. I don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right, dear. And so this is an important lesson. And, and the earlier you learn this lesson, the better, the better. Because the world's going to throw all kinds of things at you that's going to beckon you to worship it going to beckon you to worship you know as soon as you sometime what happens is when you're when when it when you see something that's beautiful or it's attractive or you taste it or whatever your intent your 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 instinct is to is to start worshiping and thinking about it all the time oh man that's the best i ever tasted that's the best i ever seen that's the <laughs> you you go down that road and you start to dream about it <laughs> you know and all that stuff fantasize about it and you begin to treat it like it's God. Amen. But if we understand and know that God is spirit, we say, oh, that ain't, that's not God. So I, I'm not going to depend on it. So you know anything you're depending on outside of the real God is, has become your God. Uh, the, the thing that grips your emotions and the most and all of that, that becomes your God. And so God is spirit. We got to know that. Look what happened here in uh, Romans 1, 20 and 25. The scripture makes it real clear here. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, 
his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. We covered this passage um, in our last message. I think it was our last message um, uh, talking about God's nature and how uh, we know God exists and everybody knows how God exists, that God exists because of what he has made. It's evidence of what he's made and the scripture saying there's no excuse that you don't see God or perceive God, right? And verse 21 goes on to say, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Let's sit on that for a minute. The scripture is saying, through creation, God has made himself known, and they saw it. They saw the evidence that God is real. And they literally knew that God was real, but they didn't glorify him and they didn't give thanks to him. You know, around Thanksgiving time, we hear people saying, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that. But some oftentimes, too often, in fact, we hear people saying thanks, but they're not they're not saying who they are thanking. All right. You know, okay. <laughs> they just saying, I'm grateful, I'm I'm so thankful for this, for that. Okay, well, you didn't cause whatever it is to happen. There were other factors there. In fact, if it wasn't the providence of God, you wouldn't be enjoying whatever it is you're, you're grateful about. But and so, and so it's talking about people now who, who see God or see God's, see God's nature or see that he's real through creation and understand that. But yet they don't thank God and they don't glorify God. We don't want to be like that. And then verse 22 goes on to say, although they claim to be wise, these are folks who say they're wise. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and, and birds and animals and reptiles. Y'all see that? So created things became their God versus the real God, the spirit God, the eternal God. Instead, material things that they can see, touch, feel, smell became God to them. And then verse 34, 24 goes on to say, therefore, God gave them over in the simple desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator, who, who, who is forever praised, amen. So we see here the scripture is recording people who worship created things rather than the creator. This is why, the first reason why it's important for us to understand that God is spirit so that we don't worship created things. It's an important lesson to learn. And again, the earlier we learn it, the better. And we wanna make sure that we are passing this lesson on to our children, our grandchildren, and whoever will listen, that God is spirit and that we ought to not treat anything else like it's God. 
We ought to not depend on anything or anyone else because God is spirit. He's not material. So the second reason we need to know and understand that God is spirit, so we will know where to relate to God. So we will know where to relate to God. John 4.20 says, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship. So this is the familiar conversation Jesus had with the woman at the well. And so she's speaking to Jesus and saying, the Jews say worship in Jerusalem, and then the Samaritans claim to worship at Mount Gerizim. And so she's questioning, where do we worship? So there's some confusion about where should we worship? And this is important for us to know why that God is spirit, because it, it deals with this situation. Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 3.17. We're going to put a pin in that and get back to the story and the conversation with the Mormon at the well shortly. But 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You heard this passage before, perhaps in the King James, where it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But so it's telling us right here that the Lord is spirit and wherever the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. So we can know that uh, where I relate to God, there will be freedom and liberty where I relate to God, wherever that is there's freedom and there's liberty because God is spirit and wherever he is, there is liberty. Amen. And to dive deeper into that, let's look what it says here in Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24. It says, am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in the secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. And we use this passage again when we we're talking about God's omnipresence. So God is saying, I'm not just near and I'm not just far. I'm both. And he says, I fill heaven and earth with my presence. So when we say wherever the Lord is, there is liberty. And now we're saying, as we talked in the, pre in the message about omnipresence, that God is everywhere at the same time. So we know that liberty and freedom can be everywhere, especially when we understand that God is spirit and that he's, not, he's immaterial. He's not material. So we can see that, yeah, he can be everywhere. And we can expect it, and we can expect to sense God everywhere, and we can know it by the freedom or the liberty that we experience in his presence. So him being spirit can help us know where we can worship God. The third thing, the reason we need to know that God is spirit is so we will know when to relate to God. So we will know when to relate to God. 
John 4, 21, his conversation, Jesus' conversation again with the woman at the well, he goes on to say, Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. So Jesus responds to her questions on identifying the where question. Jesus says, the time is coming when it's not going to even matter whether it's this mountain or Jerusalem. And I like how he said the time is coming because it also speaks to when, not just where, but even the when. Time is coming. It doesn't matter where you are. David said this in Psalm 34 and 1. And this was long before. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly seek his praises. Yes. David said that a long time ago. I'm going to praise the Lord at all times. I'm going to relate to the Lord at all times. So while he's talking about uh, where and when, to relate to God, David already had figured it out. David was in such relationship with God. He says, Lord, I'm so enthralled by you that I'm going to praise you at all times. At all times. <clears throat> That's how I feel about you. And then we get to the New Testament, another part of the New Testament here in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 we see Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica that he says, never stop praying. <laughs> never stop praying. Never stop relating to God. Never stop conversing with God. Amen. Another translation says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Amen. I told y'all I have that on my uh, office a wall at work that that uh, version of it pray without ceasing amen so as we as we again unpack this idea that god is spirit it's showing us that when we embrace the fact that god is spirit and we connect that with all of his qualities we can have a clear idea about the when and the where because God is spirit. Because I can praise God and who is spirit. I can relate to God who is spirit everywhere because he's everywhere. And I can relate to him all, at all times. Amen. Yet there's other things that I'm doing more often <laughs> than relating to God potentially. And this is where it gets twisted. This is why we need to understand that God is spirit. He's not material. So when you find yourself relating for an extreme amount of time with something material, you should check yourself. It's okay. Yeah. What the whole day? Wait a minute. Let me pump the brakes a little bit because I don't spend too much time with this thing. Okay. Or this person. All right. Um, and, and I'm with this person and we are not relating to God together. Amen. Say it. Right. And so, so you can, you gotta, you got And when you come to that realization, you can make a decision. 
it, that might be a good time to say, okay, let's put down the remote control and can we pray? <laughs> All right. Let's, we, we done watched this movie for two hours and we ain't prayed yet. Okay. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I just, it just, it, again, God says there's no other. He says, I'm, I'm God and there's no other, right? There's no other God. So we want to make sure that we are honoring God properly. And this is just a check. This is a check. Check us here. It's like, okay, I need to relate to God. Even though I'm with somebody or I'm doing something, it's not that that is sinful. It's that I want to keep things in balance in my life. That there would be, would not be no other God but God in my life. There's nothing, uh, no other person, no other thing that I'm making God other than God himself. And this is just the way to, just the way to check us, to, to keep us on track and make sure that we're not starting to worship something other than God or someone other than God. David says, at all times, Man. His praise will be on my lips. All right. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Let's pause right here for a moment. God is looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking. That should motivate us. That God is actually looking for me to relate to him in spirit and in truth. It's not saying God is looking for people who have material possessions to relate to me. It's not saying God is looking for people who don't have material possessions to relate to me. God is saying whether you got them or not, I'm looking for people who who going to do it in truth and in spirit. <laughs> whether you got material things or not, that's what God said. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you for listening.